Joy Foster, the founder of Tech Pixies, and this is our weekly live cast slash podcast. It's episode number 11, and it's all about turning 40 because yours truly is actually turning 40 tomorrow. So, well, it depends on what day you listen to this, but tomorrow is the 6th of November, and I am a 1979 girls. So I am turning 40 tomorrow and I'm, I'm actually a woman now, but uh, <laughs> we'll just go <laughs> go with that. I actually really don't like the reference that people make to women as being girls. I think it's very, um, oh, I don't know what the word is, pedantic. I don't really like it. So and I'm not even sure that's the right term way to use it. But um, I, just, uh, I just thought I'd come on and talk about uh, some of the things I loved about my 30s and some of the things that I'm looking forward to in my 40s because I'm a glass half full kind of gal and I think it's really important that you know it's okay to acknowledge the things that aren't so great um, I have no problem acknowledging the fears I have about turning 40 but rather than dwell an entire episode on that I actually find that if you shift the mindset and you think about the positive things usually the things that aren't so positive don't end up feeling as bad as they otherwise are. So trying to come at my 40s with a from a place of gratitude and um, and a, a place of excitement. And sometimes I know that's hard to do. So I just thought I'd write down and talk about it on the podcast and get, just get it out there. So um, let's talk about the five things I loved uh, about my 30s first because I like to um, and this is something we, we talk about a lot in the Tech Pixies program. Um, when you, every year on January 1st, I always sit down and I reflect on the previous year and I write down all the things that were so, you know, that I accomplished in the year or that I was so thankful for in the year. And then I lay out what I want to do for the next year. And I always do this. I've done it for, I don't know how long I've done it, but you can pretty much go back through. I've got about 40 journals. You can go back through and you can see on the first, around the first, 31st, I do this process. And to be honest, I've only been around for four decades. So this decade reflection is something that's very new to me because I obviously wouldn't have done this at 10 years old, um, nor would I have done it at 20. And I definitely didn't do it at 30. I didn't know what hit me in my 30s. So, you know, I'm, I'm finally, I feel like I'm old enough and wise enough to reflect a little bit on my 40s uh, or my 30s. So the five things I loved about my 30s. Okay, I loved being a newlywed. So I got married when I was 29. And um, actually, I thought I got married when I was 30. And then my husband reminded me I was actually 29. And I'd always had this dream when I was in my like, you know, when I was a childhood and then in my early 20s that I would get married in my late 20s. And I, it was like that was what I was going to do. I was going to be a June bride and I was going to get married in my late 20s. That's exactly what happened. So I was a June bride, and I got married in my late twenties. Um, and you know, I loved being a newlywed. It, you know, it's really fun being a newlywed. Anyway, so that was a lot of fun uh, in my early thirties. I loved living abroad. So um, when I was uh, twenty-eight and I got engaged to my husband, I moved to Switzerland, which everyone in America thought was Sweden. Um, <laughs> no one knew what Switzerland was, and I kept saying I live in Switzerland. They go, Oh, you live in Sweden, and I'd say, No, I live in Switzerland. They had no idea that Sweden and Switzerland weren't the same thing. So, um, but I did love living in Switzerland. It's such a unique, unique place to live. And um, it's also a place that I was happy to live for a time period. And I'm happy I'm not living there now. There's pluses and minuses to everywhere in the world. But the bonus of my life is I've gotten to live in lots of different places. So another place that I lived in my 30s was the United Kingdom. And I live in Oxford. 
which sometimes feels um, very isolated from the rest of the United Kingdom because it's a very international place, which reminds me a lot of where we lived in Switzerland, which is probably why I like it. We've got neighbors from Finland and from Germany and, you know, fewer now because of Brexit, but we're not going to get into that. That's, uh, this is the positive angle in my 30s. Um, so I, I've loved living abroad in Switzerland and England. Um, I loved becoming a mother. So I am a mother um, to a, a nine-year-old and an eight-year-old. And that journey over the last decade has been so much fun. Um, from you know the early days when they were babies to the freedom days when you don't have to do nappies or prams um, to when they go into school full-time and you suddenly get 30 hours back. Um, all those transitions have been amazing. And I think it's really interesting right now because um, when my kids were little, my mom used to say, you know, the days are long, but the years are short. And I didn't really understand what that meant until now I look at my nine-year-old who's almost my size and I think, where in the world did you come from? And you know, I'm I'm I feel very lucky. I took um, the first few years uh, out of the workforce. I was I got to spend time with my kids. I know not everyone gets to do that. It's something that I chose to do. It's something that I wanted to do. It's also shaped my life's work because that a lot of the women I work with at Tech Pixies are women who've taken career breaks and want to go back to work. So. Becoming a mother was a wonderful experience for me, and um, you know, and I think the reality of social media, though, has uh, really been interesting because if you think in my twenties, there wasn't I wasn't on social media that much. In fact, it didn't exist, and so in my thirties was when a lot of people got onto social media, and you know, everyone was sharing their baby pictures and everything else. But along with that came the reality that I had friends who lost children or friends who couldn't get pregnant, um, and, and that was hard. Like, I, I mean, I can, I mean, it gives me chills, but the social media aspect changed, um, and I saw a lot of stuff, especially living abroad, because it's the only way I could keep up with my old friends. I saw that it wasn't possible for some people to become mothers, and that was a really harsh reality that I probably in my 20s just had no concept of. And so <clears throat> I totally understand that, which is one of the reasons why Tech Pixies is not just for mothers. It is for women because women, um, no matter who you are, have uh, all sorts of things going on in their lives, but women in general tend to shy away from technology um, and tend to, you know, and I'm going to get into like thinking big and all that stuff in a minute, but women tend to step back uh, and it doesn't matter if you're a mother or not. We just tend to step back. It's our nature. It's the it's a generational thing. And so this is the generation where women really um, are benefiting from all those previous generations who've kept, who've made progress start happening for us. So I guess what I'm saying is. I am grateful that I got the experience to become a mother. I'm fully aware that not everyone gets that experience and not everyone wants that experience. Um, but that was one of my highlights of my 30s. Um, then I got back into shape. So that was a huge one. Um, so for those of you who do become mothers, uh, you know your body changes pretty much irrevocably. Um, that's something I didn't know in my 20s. I had no idea my hips would go that way and then stay that way. Um, so it's been a real challenge to get the kind of the, I don't even know if they've gone back. I'm pretty sure they haven't gone back. But, you know, to get my body back to a place where I walk by the mirror and I go, hey, I like that. You know, and we've talked about this before on, on podcasts and, and on live casts. 
that what you think about yourself and the way you perceive yourself is a habit. So um, it's very dangerous to walk by the mirror on a regular basis or to look at a picture of yourself on a regular basis. It's very dangerous to say, oh, I really don't like that or I don't like that angle or I don't like this or that part bothers me because all that does is groove in your brain even stronger than before that you don't love something about you. Um, and you are unique. There is no one else in this world like you. I am unique. There's no one else in this world like me. And uh, everyone has been given something unique and different about them, and we should be celebrating that, you know? And so for me, um, my 30s was really about going, you know what? This is an important decade to be the mom I want to be, have my kids, but also I want to think about my longer term health and I want to get fit. So on my 36th birthday, I said I'm going to do an Ironman for my 40th birthday. And I set out on a quest of four years of pretty solid training where, um, you know, I got myself pretty much up to a place of doing at least an hour of training almost every single day from a place of not being able to do 20 minutes of running in a single go. So it was not an easy task, and I did do it. I didn't do the Ironman. I tried. You, you can watch um, a previous episode where I say I'm not an Ironman. Um, but I, I did try, and I made it through two-thirds of the Ironman um, until they told me I couldn't keep going because I wasn't fast enough. I got in 53 seconds past the cutoff time. But that's another story. You can go listen to that episode. But getting back into shape after having children was big. I don't think anyone tells you, <laughs> well, no one told me, um, what an impact that has on your body and how long it takes to get your body back and how much harder it is after you've had children to like do that. Because I think that was the thing that I realized was um, when I was in my 20s, I could go I could, you know, your your metabolism's better, you're, you know, you're fit, you've got time to do fitness and stuff like that, so it's easier to stay fit, it's easier to get fit. Um, in your 30s, it's just not easy, right? And when I started running, I literally had one child in the buggy and one child on a bike, and they would run along with me, and um, I had a really great neighbor down the street, and she was like, two days a week, we're just going to go to a buggy run for 20 minutes and that was it and that's all I did for the first year and that was prior to my commitment in when I turned 36. So let's talk about the other things. Okay, so the, I've talked about four things already. I loved being a newlywed. I loved living abroad in Switzerland and the UK. Um, I loved becoming a mother. I loved getting back in shape. Okay, let me just say one more thing about that. So around the time I was doing the um, week of the Ironman, I can't remember what we did. But oh, maybe I was just going up and down the stairs in my house. Whatever I was doing, I remember thinking, this is so easy. Like, this would have been five years ago, going up and down the stairs in my house would have been difficult. But because I was so fit, like, I could, I, I, think I, I think maybe it was just going up and down the stairs in my house or walking around somewhere. I just suddenly realized, like, I, I was really fit. And I could just do that without thinking about it. And I, it felt easy. And, of course, it's nice because my you know, I've got to get kind of a new wardrobe of clothes that fit and things like that. But that was, you know, that was a lot of work. And now I got, now I got to keep going with that. Okay, number five, the fifth thing that I loved um, in my 30s was becoming an entrepreneur. 
So um, Sophie Bradley is um, one of our social media coaches, and she had her first day coaching our cohort 17 today. And cohort 18 is is now um, in it's it's going to launch very very soon. So we've got a free training program. So if you're interested in the free training program, definitely go check out techpixies.com forward slash free training. But Sophie, who's running um, one of our social media coaches, and she's helping me run cohort 17. She said today, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, I'm an entrepreneur. And I so get that feeling because an entrepreneur is someone who builds a business, right? And, and you know, is, is looking to, um, you know, have an impact in the world through a commercial, commercially viable, viably path. So that's what a business is. It's a commercially viably path to having an impact in the world. So she, she says, you know, I can't believe I'm saying out loud, I'm an entrepreneur. I remember thinking that. I remember in my 30s thinking, oh my gosh, ding, 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 I'm an entrepreneur. And not everyone is an entrepreneur. Um, some people aren't. But I'll tell you what, a lot of women are. And a lot of women have the traits of becoming entrepreneurs. They just don't know it yet. I didn't even know what the word entrepreneur meant. And I ended up at a dinner, and it was a dinner with serial entrepreneurs, which means that they've set up multiple businesses and multiple successful businesses and sitting at that dinner I was like wow I am so totally I am where I'm supposed to be I am an entrepreneur now women who come through our program some of them are not entrepreneurs they want to work for somebody else they want to do an awesome job for somebody else and they want the security of a paycheck and you know th that's what they want and that is totally okay that's what that's what they want um, but some of the women going through our program don't know if they want to work for somebody else or if they want to set up their own business. So going through our course helps them explore that. And I've seen some entrepreneurs come out of our program, like Sophie. So it's quite fun. It's quite fun to see that. Um, and I have this quote here because I think this is a great quote um, for those of you who are thinking you're inclined towards the entrepreneurial side. Um, I read this great book called Launch by Jeff Walker, and it's one of the books that um, transformed the way we do our free training for our program because we didn't used to do free training. We just used to do a webinar or a taster session and then here's the program, you can sign up. And I felt like it wasn't offering enough value. So we started in uh, September to do this free training program where we answer people's questions, I give away a lot of our first module, sometimes even a little bit of our second module, just give away a lot of our content for free in the free training so that people know whether or not we are right for them. And it really worked, it really worked well. But Jeff Walker, who wrote this book um, called Launch, he, has, he says over and over again in the book and in his training, the best time to plant an oak tree was 20 years ago, and the next best time to plant one is now. And that really resonated with me, because if some of you are listening to this and you're in your 40s or your 50s or your 60s, and you're thinking, gosh, Joy was an entrepreneur in her 30s, she became an entrepreneur in her 30s, how in the world, like, it's too late for me. It's not. It's not too late for you, and just like he says, the best time to plant an oak tree was 20 years ago. The next best time to plant an oak tree is now. And and when you know Sophie was doing the cohort 17, 10 to win today, one of the questions was, how do I get started on Instagram? You know, and the answer is just start. Just start. Half the battle is starting, and that's what most people get stuck on. They want to start. They're thinking about starting. They've got a plan to start. They've um, you know, but they never start. You've just got to start, right? 
And, uh, and there's all sorts of limiting beliefs that you can put in your way. And that's, that's what we're going to be discussing on the free training on Thursday is limiting beliefs and how to open up those limiting beliefs and turn them into, uh, you know, flip them on their head and turn them into non-limiting beliefs. That's what we're talking about on Thursday. There's all sorts of tricks and ways to do that. But if you're, if you stop yourself from doing it, it will never happen. Um, and so the, the point is you got to start, you got to start somewhere, got to put that first tweet out. You got to put that first um, post up. You've got to um, write that first blog post. You've got to um, create that website. You've got to make a business card. Whatever that first step is, you got to do it, right? And so, you know, for me in my first business, the first step was creating a website. Uh, in my second business, the first step was getting some funding. In my third business, the first step was getting some funding because what you'll find out very fast when you try and set up a business is it's very expensive or it can be uh, if you want to build something bigger than yourself. So, um, you know, those are lessons that I've learned. But I love becoming an entrepreneur. I love starting my journey as an entrepreneur. And I look back at that and I think one of the lessons I would say that I took away from my 20s which was when I was trying to make the Olympic team for archery, was I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy the journey. I didn't enjoy the process. It was very painful process. So I remember, I remember vividly being on the bottom of the floor in my shower, crying, um, and you know, crying myself to sleep. And I remember being miserable in my twenties. Um, and I remember not enjoying the journey to trying to make the Olympic team. And I think what I decided in my thirties was. I'm going to enjoy the journey, right? It's time to enjoy the journey. And uh, and someone said that to me really early on. Um, and when I was doing the archery stuff, I didn't understand what that meant. Like I didn't, I really didn't get it. I didn't get the under like enjoy the journey thing. And and I think it's because I'd never been on a journey. That was the our, the Olympic thing was my first journey. And interestingly enough, well, it wasn't my first journey, but it was, it was the first journey where I consciously said I want to do something with my life, like I want to be the best archer in the world or whatever it was. I, I set a goal and I went for it, whereas previously my life had kind of just things that happened and I'd done different things, but I never really set a goal for my life. And so, you know, that, that whole angle around setting a goal for my life and then failing to reach that goal it just left a bitter taste in my mouth. And it wasn't until probably 10 years after I had released, and that's like last year, so it's, we're not talking like a long time ago, where I sat back and I was like, hang on, I went from being a nobody, you know, 44th in the country, up to being fifth in the country in a period of, you know, four years. I was on the national team for four, well, actually 16, 18 months. I was on the national team for four years. I was um, top six for the Athens team, and I was top seven for the Beijing team. And they only took the top three and the top two. Um, and then I got an injury. So, you know, what are you going to do? That's life. And I got to live at the Olympic Training Center, and I got to travel all over the world. And actually, I wish I had enjoyed the journey. I wish I had. I wish I had really enjoyed the journey. And it was afterwards, only afterwards, that I thought, wow, actually, that was pretty cool. And, you know, um, I got to be in a Polo Ralph Lauren ad. I got to be in a Budweiser ad. I now can look back and say, wow, what a cool journey that was. Um, I met some amazing people, you know, people who, um, who did go on to the Olympics and win medals. And, you know, I married one. I married an Olympic gold medalist. Um, and a lot of the reason that we fell in love was because I love the Olympics. So, you know, I mean, I do love him, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't have met him if I didn't care about the Olympics. So I guess my point is, is that 
my first journey wasn't the most enjoyable one, right? The one that I, the first journey towards a goal that I wanted in my life wasn't the most enjoyable. So I committed in my 30s to make sure that the other journeys that I went on, like setting up Tech Pixies and Made with Joy and living in Lucerne were journeys that I loved. Becoming a mother, being married. And really, I have to say, I have. I did enjoy my 30s. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I'm so, so nervous about my 40s because I really loved my 30s. Now, my mom has assured me that she loved her 40s. So, you know, there you go. Um, hopefully, I will too. Let's talk about the three things that I'm hoping to love about my 40s. And again, I know there's things that we're not going to like about our 40s, right? You know, I mean, I remember when I was nine years old or 11 years old and I got my period because I got it early. I remember literally doing the math in my head and working out like how many hundreds of periods I had to have for the rest of my life. Like I couldn't wait to not have a period. And the irony is now I'm going into my 40s and I'm thinking, mm, okay, everyone's talking about menopause. So I've been pre-warmed, pre-warned about all the pain and suffering all these women go through. I'm not there yet, um, but I, you know, I'm not looking forward to it. But again, this is about the positive side of my 40s, right? Because I'm going to try and go with a, you know, a half glass half full versus a glass glass half empty angle. So I've got three things I'm really looking forward to in my 40s. And it'll be really interesting to watch this video back in my 50s because um, I'd love to see how I feel about what I'm saying now. But I gotta wait a whole decade for that. So let's just go to the three things I'm interested, I'm looking forward to. Okay, so number one, I am looking forward to entering into my second decade of marriage. So I I honestly feel like making it to 10 years was like huge, huge, um, Natalie's, oh, there, thank you. Um, huge accomplishment. Um, I, I, I know that marriage is not easy, right? And um, I come from a family where we have, um, like my, my biological mom um, got divorced, my mom who raised me got divorced, my dad and my biological mom got divorced, um, my stepdad, who's um, been a huge part of my life the last 15 years, he was divorced before getting together with my mom. I come from uh, a family where I don't have a single parent who didn't experience divorce. And there's valid reasons for it, right? I know, I know that they all had their reasons for it. And I know that my life was better off in many cases because of what happened, even though it was hard for everybody. Um, but coming out of a family where all four of your parents, and I have four, yes, I have four parents, all four of your parents, um, experienced divorce, you kind of think, am I going to, am I going to make it? Is my marriage going to make it? Will I be able to have a marriage that, that lasts? And, you know, and again, I know it doesn't last for everyone. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm not acknowledging, I don't want to ignore that. Um, but for me, it did, it made it to 10 years and I feel really proud of that. Um, but also like we've, we've worked on things and one of the big things, you know, and I've talked about it on the live cast and the podcast and I talk about it a lot with my friends. Um, but you know, there's two things that I think we do really well is, you know, we're a team and we kind of, we, we do things as a team and we acknowledge what the other person needs and we don't always meet the other person's needs, but we do acknowledge it. So, um, you know, I'd say one of the big things I've been working on is going to bed with Tim. So he goes to bed earlier than me. I often do a lot of work at night because that's where it's quiet and I don't have any interruptions or disruptions. But by doing that, you it doesn't do much for your marriage, right? So if you're not going to bed at the same time, 
need I say more? So I think one of the things that I really committed to um, changing in the last you know year, certainly in the last six months to and uh, three months and whatever, is really, really, really focusing on getting into bed when he goes to bed. Um, and I don't do it every night, but you know I try and do it as often as possible. And I have been following all of my new habit stuff. So you know, try not to miss going to bed with him two nights in a row, for example. Um, so don't skip twice. That's that rule from Atomic Habits. Um, but that's a big one, you know, because it's, you know, at some at one point he just said to me, are you deliberately not coming to bed with me? And I was like, no, I'm actually working. Like, I'm. it's not that I don't want to come to bed with you. It's just I've got a whole lot of work. So I started working with a time coach, a time management coach. And one of the things that I'm doing is trying to structure my day so that I work between 10 and 3 and that I don't work in the evenings. Um, and I hire people and I get the company to a place where it's sustainable uh, and profitable enough to hire people to help me do that so that we, I not I don't have to work 24 seven. Um, I also found out about this thing called, um, I think it's called Parkinson's law, and I probably got that wrong, but it's this law that says that you will work in as much space as you have been given to work. Um, so if you have 15 hours to work, you'll, you'll fill all 15. If you have five hours to work, you'll fill all five. So I think one of the things that I want to do as I um, go into my second thing, which is being more present with my family, is just trying to find ways to um, make work be work and be home be home. And there will be some overlap here and there, and I can't avoid it completely, but I can make a conscious effort. So, um, so yeah, going to bed with my husband, that's definitely one of the things. Um, the other thing that we do, and this is what I was saying, like, um, creaky door. The other thing that we do in our marriage, um, which I think is important apart from trying to go to bed at the same time is um, not just doing our own thing so uh, we do a lot of our own thing you know like I did my Ironman thing Tim had no interest in that in terms of wanting to do it with me um, but he supported me through it but like little things there's little things that people kind of do that I think we've kind of stuck hard and fast to. We have dinner together every single night with the children. Like that's something that we have not compromised on. Um, another thing that we do is when we watch a show or a movie, we pick it together. Um, we don't separate and go into two different rooms and watch whatever we want to watch. We make an active choice that we're going to watch something that we both want to watch. And that's not easy because he likes really dark stuff. And I like really, really fluffy, light stuff. And usually there's, it's hard to find a mix. So we have worked hard to find a mix on that. But I think those are, you know, finding those shared values and then really embracing those are really important. So I'm looking forward in my 40s to continuing to that as I go into my second decade of marriage and continuing to work on that um, because I, that's something that matters to me. You know, I wrote a blog post on LinkedIn a while ago. It was really, really popular. It had like over 700 views and a ton of comments. And it was like why, it was about why staying married was my number one entrepreneurial goal. I don't want to build a company that's um, profitable, sustainable, successful if I lose my family in the process. And let me tell you, for those of you who are entrepreneurial, staying married is harder than for those of you who aren't because the divorce rate for entrepreneurs is like double. It's, I mean, there's, I, there's, I was trying to find like an actual statistic that said it, but there's, there's not an actual st study or statistic that I could find, but it is. Entrepreneurship is very dangerous for marriage. So 
you have to protect it if that's what you want to do. Um, and then, so my number one was entering into my second decade of marriage. I'm looking forward to that in my 40s. The second thing I'm looking forward to in my 40s is being more present. And I think what happened in my 30s is I was, I, I, rag, I realized that I was not a nine to five girl, uh, woman. I was not a nine to five woman that I was never going to go back to a corporate job that I never wanted to work for somebody else again. Like I, I, I realized that, but we live in 2019 now and you can't, you need, you, it's hard to have a one, a single income household these days, right? Unless the person that you're married to is making a ton of money. And actually that's not even that great either because you lose yourself in that. And the number of women who have let their partner make a ton of money and then have just sat on the sidelines and then get really, you know, frustrated and feel like they've lost a, a decade. There's a lot of them, right? And I know because we, I meet a lot of them um, because they want, they want their life back. They want their dreams back. They want, they've given everything up to make sure that their partner can be successful, but they forget about themselves in the process. And that's something that I'm really adamant about that no matter what your partner's doing, you are investing in yourself. You are making yourself financially independent of your partner, that you don't need to rely on a marriage that's not working because you can't take care of yourself, right? And we are in that generational gap right now where we're coming out of that being the norm and into that not being the norm and into a decade uh, and, or a decade or a century where women can become breadwinners. Women can become financially free. They can become um, financially independent from their partners. And they should. I mean, I totally believe that they should. I, I, I fully intend to become that way. Um, not because I want to go somewhere and do something with it. It's just I want to know that I am in my marriage because I want to be in my marriage, not because I have to be in my marriage. Does that make sense? So um, I think you know, being more present, especially with my children, especially with my partner, my husband, um, you know, just being more present is something that I'm going to really fo focus on in my 40s and something I'm going to look forward to. But one of the things that is allowing me to do that is I've spent a whole decade trying to build a business, right? So I, I've tried three different businesses, and I finally said, you know what, Tech Pixies is where my heart is. It's where I'm going all in. Right, and I've been all in on Texas Pixies for four years, and we're we're going into our fifth year now. And we started out as a pilot, and then just um, two years ago, literally just two years ago, and four days ago, two years and four days ago, we became an incorporated company. So you know the journey has been long, and it has not been um, easy, but it's got to a place where I feel like we're in a really good place, and I can hire people to help me. And, you know, and I feel really positive about that. And we hire a lot of women who come through our program. In fact, almost everybody who works for us has actually been a tech pixie themselves. And they've, they've been out of work and they've gone back to work through our, through us, but also through the program. So, you know, for me, it's, it's making sure I am putting limitations on my time so that I can be present with my family and, you know, investing in the people that I love. Because I think probably in your 40s, uh, I'm not there yet, tomorrow, but I think probably in your 40s, you start to realize that your tick your clock your talk your talk is ticking your clock is ticking right i felt that way in my 20s because my dad died in his 60s but there's something about turning 40 that suddenly you know maybe in your 30s everybody's having babies but now i mean my husband's almost 50 and we've been to a few funerals way too many funerals for my liking but it's 
starts to happen and you start to recognize that like 20s and 30s are done and now you've got you know definitely two more decades that are you know you've got solid two more decades hopefully um, but if you can stay healthy and fit you might have four more decades or you might have six more decades but you don't know you don't know we don't know we don't know when this world is is over for us right and you can't live in doom and gloom but you also can't pitter-patter around not doing anything with your life you've got to find the things you love and go for them and I think in my 30s that's what I was doing I was like what do I want to do with my life and now in my 40s I'm like okay this is what I want to do in my life so I'm gonna go do it and so there's a big shift I think in the last you know into this decade from last decade okay and I'm getting long-winded here because I usually try and keep it under 30 minutes but the third thing that I'm looking forward to and I am really looking forward to this, is thriving in all aspects of the word. I have to read that because I really want to make sure it was clear. Thriving in all aspects of the word. I feel like uh, the 20s was a period of survival. The 30s was a period of discovery and survival um, so that I could keep discovering. Um, in my 40s, I want to stop surviving. And I've said this a lot before. In fact, 2019 was the year that I put my foot on in the ground and I my stake in the ground and I said, I am no longer going to survive. I am going to start thriving. And thriving, I've read all these books. I've read Thrive. I've read, well, I've just, I've read everything. I've read The Sleeping Books by Ariana Huffington. Um, I've read the... Um, um, did I say Ariana? I think I've got that wrong. Adriana Huffington. Anyway, I've read, I've read her sleep books. I've read um, Atomic Habits. I've read, I mean, the books that I've read. In fact, we've got blog posts on our website with all the books that I've read. I've consumed books for the last year. And all the books that I've been consuming have been from people coming from a place of thriving. And so I've been starting to think in a, a, with a mindset of abundance. I've been starting to think with a mindset of um, what I can do, not what I can't do. Um, and I've been starting to think bigger, right? So of course I've read Rachel Hollis's book, you know, um, The Girl Stop Apologizing, Girl Wash Your Face. And I've read a Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt and Your Best Year, you know, Your Best Year Ever by Michael Hyatt. I've read all these books and the the big thing that I've learned from reading to these, and I listen to them, you know, I put them on Audible, so when I go running, I listen to them, or when I'm in the car, I listen to them, or when I'm, you know, doing the laundry occasionally, I listen to them. You know, my husband would say I don't do laundry that often, but when I do, I listen to these books. So the big message I've got out of these books uh, is that at some point in our life, whether we like it or not, we shut down on our dreams. We, and women tend to do it when they have children, but there's lots of reasons why people do it. They might do it because of a mental illness. They might do it because of a physical illness. They might do it because of a death. They might do it because um, a failure at work. At some point in our life, whatever dreams that we had buried in our hearts from a child age, because a lot of those dreams are there when we're children, we put to the side and we say, we're not gonna do that anymore. And we never really explore why. Sometimes we do, but most of the time we just put it to the side and just say, we can't do that anymore. We're too old. We're too blah, 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 blah. So I think when I say, like, I want to thrive in all aspects of the word, it means I want to take those dreams that are rooted in my heart, put them back out there, and start working towards them. And I think the other thing that I've learned from these books is that 
not only do we shut things down and we decide not to go for what we want in our lives, but when we do turn them back on or think about turning them back on, we limit ourselves. So um, I think Rachel Hollis probably is the best uh, way of explaining this. But, you know, for example, if you say that you want to do something, she'll, she'll have you write it down and then she'll say, now think bigger. What would that dream supersized look like? And it doesn't mean you have to pursue that dream. But what we do is we shut off the option of the supersized option. We don't even look at it. We don't even explore it. And so the point is to think bigger. And it's not just Rachel Hollis that says think bigger. I mean, to be honest, everyone in my ecosystem now, because I'm, I'm, I'm now out of startup mode and I'm into growth mode and I'm into you know, impact mode, when you start to go out of just get it started, you then need to start thinking, what's the impact I want to have? What's the impact that I want to make in this world? You know, and, and Tech Pixies for me is, is all about impact. You know, and it's, it's, yes, it's important that Tech Pixies makes money because if we don't make money, guess what? I can't do the job that I do and neither can any of the people that work for me, right? So I have got over that. Like, we have to make money. I get it. I'm there. But what matters to me is impact. Because if we have a good product, which we do, um, and which we've been reassured several times by our amazing students, then why does that product have to stay in one area? I remember when I set up TechPixies and I went to a, a local conference or whatever, and I was talking about TechPixies and I was talking about how we grow it, and everyone said, oh, why do you need to go outside of Oxford? Just do it in Oxford. And I was like, no, this is bigger than Oxford, right? This should reach women anywhere in the world that they want to be reached, right? And that's what I believe wholeheartedly, that if, if you want to return to work, change careers, start a business, and you want to learn how to leverage social media in order to do that, Tech Pixies is a great place for you, which is why we have the free training coming up, which is why I you know, give away a lot of our best stuff in the next couple weeks so that you know whether or not working with us is worth it for you. I don't want a single person signing up to our program that doesn't want their life to be impacted in a positive way. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's not going to, you know, it's going to be, it's not going to be hard and challenging. It just means that we're here to support you if that's what you want to do with your life, because that's the way we've built the company. It is, it's about impact. It's always been a social enterprise. It's always had a social mission. And that mission is to help women return to work, change careers, start a business, to find their voice, to become who they want to become in their life and not to allow limiting beliefs to stop them. And it's really fun to see the women who come through our program who do that. And not all women do. Not all women do. Sometimes they get started on something and then they have a setback. And that's why I talk a lot about the book, The Dip, because it's what you got to get through to, to get to the top of the mountain. So, and I talked about that last week. So if you want to go talk, if you want to go listen to me talk about climbing the mountain and getting over the hard stuff, go and listen to that one. That was, I would just did a recap of Rachel Hollis's talk at the Entrepreneur Experience. So with that, I'm going to leave you. Just going to recap really quickly uh, for those of you who might have joined later on. Um, the five things I loved about my 30s, being a newlywed, living abroad in Switzerland and England, uh, becoming a mother, getting in shape, 
a back in shape, I should say, um, becoming an entrepreneur. And the three things that I'm looking forward to um, loving about my 40s are entering into my second decade of marriage, uh, being more present, especially with my children, and thriving in all aspects of the word. So I hope that that's useful to you. And of course, if you're interested in our program and finding out about how we can help you, um, the free training starts on Thursday, techpixies.com forward slash free training. And uh, if obviously if you listen to this podcast after the free training is open, just um, make sure you're on our weekly tips, techpixies.com forward slash weekly dash tips. And uh, you'll be informed when we go live with our next free training. I hope you have a great day and a great week. And just as an added bonus, this week, there's going to be two podcasts. I'm going live from SmartWorks tomorrow to talk about interviewing for a job after a career break. So hopefully, you'll enjoy that one. Uh, and I'm just seeing that a bunch of comments have come up, so I'm just going to address those. Uh, Lisa says she loved turning 30. A lot of her friends uh, we're very upset, and she's looking forward to her 40s. Okay, well, that's awesome, Lisa. We can do that together. Catherine Conway says, when is my 40th? My 40th is the 6th of November. So she's sending me big birthday wishes. Um, thank you, Catherine. Uh, and then uh, Nevia says, very good point, but the most um, important to do, oh, that we are up to date when the technology because the world has changed. Yes, sorry, Nivia. Um, I was trying to understand what you're saying there. Yes, um, I was talking about women needing to understand technology um, because they're scared of it. But yeah, great point, Nivia. We need to learn technology because that's what controls, um, that's what's controlling the world at the moment. So we shouldn't be afraid of it. And if we want women to rule the world, then we better rule technology, right? Um, and then Lisa Jackson says she's looking forward to the free training. Brilliant, Lisa. Well, we're looking forward to providing that free training for you. So um, thanks so much, everybody. Uh, oh, and Michelle says, have a great birthday. You love being 40. Okay, see, Michelle loved, Michelle's one of our tech pixies, and she's pretty awesome. So I, if she says she loved her 40s, then I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right, well, there you have it. I'm gonna let you all go, and don't forget, we've got a very special episode coming up tomorrow about how to interview for a job after taking a career break. Speak to you then.